0: welcome to around kansas it's discovering history day with deb and michelle so we're so glad to have you with us i'm deb goodrich and i'm michelle martin welcome so we uh love exploring historic places and kansas is full of them and one of my friends messaged the other day and he said you know i love what you're doing but i wish somebody were doing this for oklahoma and by golly we're not above taking advantage of our states uh, all around us and you know our name is around kansas so that would be around kansas we don't have any problem going across the border to cover some things in in colorado or in nebraska or missouri or in oklahoma because we're also connected uh, New Mexico and Texas, you know, we don't care because we're all connected. So while our primary focus might be on Kansas, yeah, we'll get a lot of those other places in. So Vic McCauley gave me some places to start with. And so Vic will be working on that list, coming to a town near you soon.
1: And, you know, Vic, it's a great suggestion you had because historically there are so many connections between Kansas and the Indian territory that becomes the state of Oklahoma in particular. And the town I lived in, Bartlesville, is a great example uh, of the connections between Kansas and Oklahoma. It was two soldiers from the 6th Kansas Cavalry who married American Indian women and ended up working their way to what would become Washington County. And founding what became the cities of Bartlesville and Dewey. So we've got lots of connections. So we can definitely try to accommodate that request to look at some things in Oklahoma.
0: Absolutely. And you know, one of uh, the people, of course, that I'm researching most, Charles Curtis, um, had a lot of family in Oklahoma, or, you know, at that time the Indian Nations, and when it became a state. Um, He was often called the third senator from Oklahoma because he was always poking his nose in their business, (laughs) and one of his friends was Judge Guthrie, for whom Guthrie is named, and Judge Guthrie's final resting place is historic Topeka Cemetery, and there are a lot of folks with Oklahoma connections in that cemetery. E.P. McCabe, um, who was... Mm -hmm. um, the only black person at that time ever elected to a statewide office in Kansas, 1880s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to um, lobby for Oklahoma to, come in, Oklahoma to come into the union as a black state. Um, that was a distinct possibility. And he worked in Guthrie and uh, did a lot of great things down there, but then was brought back to Topeka to be buried when he passed away. So, yeah, we got... Tremendous stories, a lot of connections between us and Oklahoma. So we won't forget our friends down there.
1: And actually, Deb, today's, uh, today's topic for Discovering History Monday uh, is Fort Dodge. And what better place to look at connections between Kansas and the Indian Territory or Oklahoma than Fort Dodge and the Cimarron Redoubt outside of Dodge because that's all along that military road that takes you down to Camp Supply, it takes you down eventually down to Fort Sill. So that is that direct connection because Fort Dodge plays that important role helping move men and materials, uh, especially in the post-Civil War period as we see the Indian Wars on the Southern Plains heating up, Fort Dodge along with Fort Larned become extremely important to the U.S. military's efforts in the West.
0: Fort Dodge is a, a really interesting place and I want to um, explain the illustration behind me. This is the Sutler store at Fort Dodge. I think this is 1867. This is an illustration by Theodore Davis. I don't know what we would have done without Theodore Davis. So the illustration behind me is from Theodore Davis, Harper's weekly, and he did a lot of stuff during the Civil War, and then he was out on the Plains during the Indian Wars doing illustrations. I don't know what we would have done without him because so many of his his illustrations are the only um, image record of many of those moments or those places and uh, just a phenomenal service to, to America then and now that he was such an incredible artist. So this is one of my favorite images. I, I love, love this picture because it's just everyday life, you know, and going into the Sutler store and buying all the things you needed and the different people coming in. You can tell there's uh, civilian trappers probably and soldiers. And there's also some natives in it that my head is blocking. So I suggest you look up the image so you can see what it all looks like. But yeah, and Michelle's at Fort Dodge too.
1: Yes, uh, actually this is one of the commanding off. Op- this is I believe commanding officers quarters. And when you actually, uh, you can visit Fort Dodge uh, there are some of the original structures still remaining, and this is one that is on the walking or driving tour that you can do through the area. And I uh, happened upon this uh, while I was researching and photographing for our book, Kansas Sports and Bases. Uh, yes, I'm shameless. I will plug the book. Uh, if you have not looked at Kansas Sports and Bases, we cover many of these fantastic places. And one of our goals was to spur on travel and tourism to Kansas's historic forts and bases uh, when we wrote the book. But yeah, this was uh, one of my photographic expeditions. It is affectionately referred to as the Hotter Than H-E-Double Hockey Sticks in Kansas Tour uh, because it was a record-breaking summer of heat and I have temperature readings. The day I shot this photograph, it was 118. <laughs>
0: So I remember those yes. days very well like people back in the day you know it, it mm-hmm. was 118 sometimes back then too Yes, you know it's not just uh uh we we would love for those days that we're exploring history to be temperate and um uh, and with a light breeze you know and and to be historically accurate you have to experience some of nature's best moments the storms the the heat the cold yeah the whole gamut because that's what they went through too
1: yes and actually um some of the most interesting accounts of that period we have actually come from a woman uh by the name of and you're ready for this folks i love her name Frances marie antoinette mac ray and her yeah. husband uh fayette ray was an officer in the United States Army and he was posted. Uh, He was sent to Camp Supply, he was sent to Fort Dodge and he was then sent to assume command of Cimarron Redoubt and his lovely wife and their Greyhound dogs came trotting along behind him. And were it not for her remembrances in her work, army letters from an officer's wife we would not know nearly as much as we do. There's only so much the military records can tell you. And she captures what it was like the society on post and the numerous kinds of people coming in and out of Fort Dodge. And so she gives you this really interesting, very wide ranging perspective on what was going on there. So had it not been for her, uh, our civilian our, our civilian record of what life was like there would be greatly diminished.
0: Thank goodness for those wives and sweethearts who kept those uh, diaries and letters and shared so many of the details that, honestly, the men really didn't have time to do. And you're right, the Army records, uh, just facts, ma'am. You know, that's what they are trying to report, you know, keeping up mm-hmm. with um. Logistics and uh, supplies, and you know all those things mm-hmm. that that are useful, but they just don't give us the spice that some of those letters and diaries do that make people real.
1: Exactly, and uh, she describes everything from the people to the buildings to the climate, uh, the weather, food, um, everything. Uh, nothing escapes uh, her pen. And so it's a really wonderful, vivid picture of life mm-hmm. at Fort Dodge. And um, she is actually a quite enamored of Fort Dodge. She talks about the fact that the buildings are being built and, you know, so there's continual building taking place and how pretty they are and how nice they look and they're clean And when she leaves Fort Dodge for Cimarron Redoubt, which folks, let's face it, it's a large hole dug in the Kansas Prairie. Exactly. I was going to say, it's just not much more than a prairie dog hole. It is. And she refers to her life in Cimarron Redoubt as living like prairie dogs Yeah. (laughs) and literally sandbags, um, you know, building fortified walls, if you will. And. She really uh, ends up longing for that time at Fort Dodge tremendously. But she I knows it's not her. too far away. If they need help, uh, Fort Dodge is not too terribly far away and uh, civilization is close at hand.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you have a letter to there that you could read from, Michelle?
1: Sure. Um, we can actually take a look at, she writes from Fort Dodge in January of 1873 and Excuse me, I'm going to look at her published memoirs. Um, I don't have them memorized. I know, I'm a bad historian. She says, our coming here was most unexpected and very unpleasant in every way. General Phillips and Major Barker quarreled over something and Major Barker preferred charges against the general who was his company commander. And now General Phillips is being tried here by a general court-martial. Bay and I were summoned as witnesses by Major Barker just because we heard a few words that were said in front of our window late one night. So there you go. Um,
0: wow. <laughs> to be summoned. Boy, that would be a tough position because your mm-hmm. husband is probably serving under both these men. And depending yes. on how that court martial goes, um, maybe that's why they wound up at Cimarron Redoubt. you know, that's <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but she goes on and
1: she says, there is one company of phase regiment stationed here and the officer of, uh, in command of the post is, excuse me while I flip the page is major of the third. So we feel at home we are staying with lieutenant harvey who is making it very pleasant for us hal is with us and is being petted by everybody but most of all by the cavalry officers some of whom have hunted who have hunted with magic hal's father and uh, she and her husband uh had greyhounds uh that they took with them everywhere they went and actually the photograph of her wearing a military style female um garment actually very much in the in the vein of L- elizabeth bacon custer mm-hmm. um you know libby wears you know a jacket and a skirt that's kind of military smartly that's styled
0: pseudo military pseudo yeah. military yeah fired
1: and all the other women start to follow suit and mm-hmm. so Frances marie antoinette Uh, does the same. And so her photograph in the front of the book uh, is with her posing with her dogs in her military inspired attire. Uh, She she really did um, like her time, uh, even if it was to have to testify against an officer
0: at Fort Dodge. You know, the dogs, um, a lot of officers, the Custers, for example, traveled with their dogs one of the things that surprised me many years ago when I came across it were the companies that had like a company dog. Yes. And you see these photographs. I remember some from Fort Union and I think some from Fort Dodge where the guys are posing for their photograph and they've got not a hound or a shepherd or something. They've got a little lap dog, you know, in their Yes. It's so... Uh, not what you would expect of these frontier outposts to have this little lap dog sitting there with these, these grizzled soldiers. It's really funny.
1: And you know, Deb, as you well know, when you start researching newspapers, you find the most amazing tidbits. And I can't even tell you the number of times I found notices in newspapers of a company dog that dies and the men actually holding military funeral for the dog. Um, Here in Arizona where I am, Martha Summerhays and her narrative and her memoir, Vanished Arizona, her dog actually uh, kills a nest of rattlesnakes that are near the officer's quarters and potentially going to harm the children. And the dog intervenes and kills the rattlesnakes and of course, is bit multiple times sure. in the process and dies. Mm-hmm. And she talks about the officers and the enlisted men coming by their place, offering their extreme heartfelt condolences on the death of the dog. Because everyone on post
0: loved the dog. Yeah, so, that's a great story. And, and we great. have that in
1: in at Fort Scott. We
0: mm-hmm. actually
1: have a case of two um, enlisted men um, fighting one another because one gentleman maligned the character of the other one's dog, and it comes down to fisticuffs, and I believe, if I remember correctly, it ended with the death of one of them, and a court-martial, and a trial, and all over the honor of a dog, so Mm -hmm. dog lovers, uh, we've got you covered, and we certainly got you covered in Kansas like i
0: said you can't make this stuff up no let's take a break we'll be right back howdy i'm seth hayes and welcome to my hometown from then to now Council Grove has a rich history, as deep as the prairie tall grass. Spend the day visiting 25 historic sites or explore the unique shops and restaurants or mosey out of town along the Santa Fe Trail. Y'all visit my hometown, Council Grove, in the heart of the Flint Hills. Okay, looks like it's time for
1: our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum you're gonna find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the Fort Buildings. We've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray Pump Organ collection. We're a little b place with a great big story and we'd love to have you.
0: Welcome back. We were talking about Fort Dodge and Michelle was mentioning the court martials and trials that went on there. I've got a really cool story again, that's related to historic Topeka Cemetery because I used to be the historian in residence there and I can relate just about anything to historic Topeka Cemetery. So one of our most colorful residents in Topeka um, in the late 19th century and early 20th century was Sam Radges And Sam never had his own home. He always rented a suite and a hotel. And he would um, publish the city directory. So before we had telephones and phone books, the city directories gave everybody's name and address and occupation. So they were, you know, pretty lucrative um, publishing projects. So Sam was very eccentric. He, um, was a very good friend with David Crane who managed the cemetery and actually paid for his plot uh, ahead of time, had a mausoleum built. And because he was English, he tried to grow English ivy on this thing. And when it wouldn't, he got disgusted and sold that tomb, and then just got him another plot. And he's got this big pink granite grave cover that says Sam Radge sleeps here. Then he's got a pink boulder next to that with his name on it and it's all pretty colorful, and he's got his housekeeper buried there, and he might have a few dogs buried there, which was not legal at the time, but uh, he had connections, so I think there's probably some dogs. Well, the reason that Sam came to Topeka, he was a Civil War veteran. He'd come to America and then served, I think, in an Ohio regiment, and after the war, he got a job as postmaster in Dodge, and I can't remember if it's at Fort Dodge, which still has its own post office. Mm-hmm. Fort Dodge is a community. It's a soldier's home now. It became a soldier's home in 1890. So it still has its own post office for 160 some people. Um, so I can't remember if he was the postmaster at Fort Dodge or in Dodge City, but lo and behold, he uncovered corruption in the government in the operation of the post office. Imagine. 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 So he comes yeah. to Topeka to testify in this trial, this federal trial, because, you know, it's it's a federal agency and never goes back. So I don't know if he was afraid to go back after that trial or Topeka looked pretty good to him. I'm not sure what the deal was. But yeah, the, um, the corruption maybe. in Dodge City led to his coming to Topeka. Well, maybe he was afraid that uh they if he went back to
1: dodge that they'd send him out to cimarron redoubt i mean yeah, could be i mean who it would want to get their favorite form of punishment then exactly exactly um definitely and you know when you read um francis marie antoinette MacRay, and when she talks about uh cimarron redoubt you can see why most people would not want to be sent uh to fort dodge be to be posted because that there was that possibility that you may be sent and peeled off and sent to cimarron redoubt and it really does have next to nothing around it it is in the middle of the prairie and it is a great big hole um she actually writes and it's really a great description she says the redoubt is made of gunny sacks filled with sand and is built upon the principle of a permanent fortification in miniature with bastions, flanks, curtains, and ditch and has two pieces of artillery. The parapet is about 10 feet high upon the top of which a sentry walks all the time. This is technically correct for Faye has just explained it to me so I could tell you about our castle on the plains. I castle on the plains. She has a beautiful turn of phrase to describe a great big hole in the prairie.
0: Can you imagine how lonesome that must have been? Oh, my goodness. Because you couldn't, uh, you wouldn't have um, many, if any, other wives to socialize mm-hmm. with there. And, uh, and um, it wasn't advisable most of the time to go out on your own to... You know as far back to dodge even though it's not that far to to visit with people you know that would have been difficult oh man yeah that would have yeah
1: Hence the reason one of the reasons why having the dog was so important yeah. um you know if she was there by herself uh the dog was there to keep her company but also to protect her mm-hmm. um the dog could protect her from any manner of either intruder whether if be human, animal, (laughs) fowl, reptile, Um, that was a measure of protection for her. And so, uh, but she does, she really, um, yeah, she talks about um, how delightful it is when they first moved there, it was delightful and warm. And then she says, for two or three days, the weather has been unseasonably warm, almost like summer. And one evening, it was not only hot, but so sultry, we wondered where all the air had gone. And of course, there you are, um, you know, underground. And yes, you're really going to wonder where did your air go? Um, so,
0: Fans, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not fun. That reminds me of a story from Camp Supply. There was a, an officer's wife there who had a pet canary. And it was a lonesome post too. It was um, better than Cimarron readout, but it was a a pretty lonesome post. And she had this pet canary and um, her husband was off soldiering and she lowered the cage to feed her little bird one day. And there was a rattlesnake in the cage, had swallowed her little bird and there he was. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did they stand it?
1: Well you know, it's interesting for um, for Frances, Marie, Antoinette MacRae and her husband, they do a little bit of entertaining when they're at Cimarron Redoubt, and she writes, um, she says, "Fancy our having given a dinner party at this sandbag castle on the plains, miles and miles from a white man or woman." The number of guests was small, but their rank was immense where we entertained Powderface, chief of the Arapaho nation and walk, um, uh, who was, who was uh, the wife of Powderface and uh, their little child. And so, you know, here she is. You know, most white women would be absolutely terrified mm-hmm. to invite a native American into their home in that time period. And here she is, you know, her husband is commanding Cimarron Redoubt and they don't have a whole lot of choice. It was a way to go ahead and cement a relationship and to try to create a, a better situation uh, between native people who were passing through the area and in the region, and at least one small group of soldiers uh, who were there at Cimarron Redoubt. So, I mean,
0: incredible. Absolutely, that incredible. would have been an amazing evening to watch. I think about Margaret Carrington. You know, she's one who who did, and and her writing, of yes. course, Fort Phil carney is just incredible. And yeah, she was a um, just a wonderful, open person. And yeah, and loved entertaining, and and had just uh, whoever was available, really. You know, let's yeah. let's come in and have a dinner party. So. Yeah, that would have that would have been quite the spectacle there among the sandbags, wouldn't it?
1: Yes, and I I can honestly tell you if I had obviously if I had the choice between uh, being posted to Cimarron Redoubt uh, with my husband officer or staying at Fort Dodge, I would definitely vote to stay at Fort Dodge. I mean, you know, if just my image behind me, you know, you've got nice limestone, you've got built structures, mm-hmm. and they're comfortable and you have, you know, you've got the post hospital there. So your husband would have medical care. Um, You would be able to, if they had a civilian contract surgeon, uh, you'd be able to have some care from the civilian contract surgeon. If you were a wife and you were going to have a child, you would at least have the society of laundresses and other women Mm -hmm. who could help you in that time uh, to give birth. Uh, But boy, I could not imagine being at Cimarron Redoubt And, uh, you know, being pregnant or giving birth in a place like that, where you're, for the most part, by yourself. Uh, Wow. So I think uh, the the modern women who made their homes at Fort Dodge, at Cimarron Redoubt, or even the men who were at Fort Mann, uh, which was the precursor to Fort Dodge, you know, they're guarding the Santa Fe Trail. Mm -hmm. I think those folk were a much tougher, and hardier stock of person than we are today, for sure. Um, I think we are very uh, connected and in love with our creature comforts, for sure.
0: I am. Yeah, I would not have wanted to live before hot running water. That's, um, I think of the millions of people who've lived and died on this earth not knowing the joy of hot running water. (laughs) and That's, uh, yeah, I have no desire to live without that. When, you know, and
1: one of the things I that I really love, Deb, and we've talked about this so many times about Kansas, is the fact that we can literally walk in the footsteps of those individuals who were there before we were, whether it be the Native Nations um, who were original to that region or those who were moved there through Indian removal. We can walk in the places that they have lived and try to think about what it must have been like for them. And Fort Dodge is one of those places where we're able to actually see those tangible reminders of what life was like for them. Um, For our viewers, if you do go to Fort Dodge, it's just um, east of Dodge City. It's got, they do have a fantastic little museum on post. They've got some wonderful uh, material culture items that were left at the at the post items that have been excavated through archaeological excavations. Um, So they've got some fantastic material there. And I have to tell you when I went for researching Kansas forts and bases I spent a day there in the museum looking through their archival materials and uh, through their artifact materials and they were wonderful and helpful and kind and love sharing that story. Um, That part of Kansas in the past, and so I highly encourage everyone. If you're heading out to Western Kansas, uh, get into Dodge. Don't get out of Dodge. Get into Dodge and start with Fort Dodge. Visit the old post. Um, Of course, it is now a soldier's home. Also, visit the the cemetery there uh, because you see
0: they also have uh, right in front of where uh, uh, Michelle is right now. We've got some wonderful new storyboards for the Santa Fe Trail, and we've got those located all over the place, thanks to the efforts of the chapter of the Santa Fe Trail Association that's there, and especially Bill Bunyan, who's the president. He has been uh, tireless in getting these things done. And right now, Bill is doing a series for the Dodge City Globe on um, these historic markers and the Santa Fe Trail connections so you can read about that I think once a week I think he's doing something once a week so yeah look for those markers it's there's some incredible information and and the stories that just add to what you're looking at you know it's um, one thing to walk by these cool places but when you have the stories that go with it it makes it so much more meaningful.
1: Yeah and And what I love about a lot of the work that's being done in Kansas in particular is that the perspective of native nations is being Mm -hmm. worked into that narrative to show that we had um, more than soldiers and their wives living here in these parts of Western Kansas. This was home to native people, to native nations. And what happens when the two groups come together? It's not always, it is not always Um, a cooperative legacy by any stretch of the imagination. And what I think is so important about preserving sites like Fort Dodge and the addition of new interpretive panels is that we have an opportunity to bring these various narratives together and show how multifaceted and complex the history of Kansas
0: really is. For sure, for sure. So we uh, encourage you to visit Fort Dodge and all the things around it and take advantage of exploring the Santa Fe Trail while you're there. And we will have another Discovering History next Monday. So share this with your friends. Um, Everybody needs to know a little bit more about Fort Dodge. So share this with your friends and encourage them to subscribe to our what is it? Our YouTube channel that would subscribe to? And our, our YouTube channel. And also, there is,
1: if uh, you get tired of looking at us, there is a podcast version and you can simply listen. That's right. Uh, which is great if you're driving in the car. You can load up a series of Discovering History Mondays, Wildlife Wednesdays, Friday Fun Days. And as you're driving throughout Kansas, you can listen and, well, maybe we'll get lucky and you'll see a sign for one of the places we've talked about and you can pull right off and take a look and tell them Deb and Michelle sent you.
0: Absolutely. In the meantime, you all take care. And I'm Deb Goodrich. And I'm Michelle Martin. And we will see you somewhere around Around Kansas. Kansas. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center right here in my hometown of Oakley, Kansas. We're the front door of Western Kansas located on three main highways, I-70, US-83, and US-40. And all those roads lead to history, beautiful scenery, and adventure no matter which direction you go. We now have an IHOP. Brand that you've trusted up and down the road in all your travels is staffed with local folks, real people, just like you and me, and we're waiting on you to join us. So, for fun, adventure, fuel up, fuel your body, and let's have some fun. In 1821, a trade route was open from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger than life personalities and sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org.